In this episode of Divine Hustle, we have Augustus Lyman, owner of the clothing brand Rare Cloth, kicking off our series Behind the Brand. Let's get into the show. Welcome to the Divine Hustle podcast, where pursue your God-given greatness in your faith, business, and relationships is what matters. Let's get into the show. Yo, what's up, Divine Hustle? We are here and we have a special guest today, my dude, Augustus Lyman, formerly known as the artist Dilly Boy. He is the CEO, founder of a brand new merchandise, like brand new brand called Cut From Rare Cloth, man. It's so good to have you in the studio with us today. What's up, man? Man, it's How you feeling? Here, man. Thanks for having me, man. Bro, it is such an honor to have you. I mean, I've heard about you from our friend Kelly. Uh, she she runs a lot of the downtown stuff in, in Las Vegas, but you got a brand new, you got a brand here in Vegas called Cut From Rare Cloth, and like I we're really excited because we want to talk about the brand, but also the journey that got to the brand because this is the brand new series that we're starting called Behind the Brand on Divine Hustle. So this is the the series that we talk to CEOs, we talk to business owners, we talk to brands, and the things that we see on social media and all that stuff is kind of like the trophies of the brand, but we never actually get to peel back the curtain and, and, and look behind the brand. So this is that opportunity to kind of share the journey that you got, that you were on to get to what you're doing now and what does the future look like for your brand. So thank you so much for coming, bro, and spending time with us. Thanks for having me, man. And, and, and again, <laughs> shout out to Kelly Bennett for linking Kelly, us together. That's you know? what's up. Shout out to Kelly. So I just want to dive into this uh, because I don't know, uh, some of our listeners, maybe they have brands that they're trying to start. Maybe they got a dream. Maybe they got an idea. Maybe they got something that, that they, they won't really want to pursue, but maybe they're they're like hitting barriers, maybe some walls. Maybe they tried it in the past and it didn't work out. And a lot of them... They just kind of need encouragement, and and I hope that in this podcast we could kind of share something with them that's going to inspire them to continue to pursuing greatness in their business, in their faith, in their relationships, in their creativity. So that that is why you are here. You are, man. I, I see you as a charismatic, just passionate, like just spirit filled kind of dude that is doing things. You and your wife have this brand and this company and we could talk about what the brand is and what it represents and i would love to dive in into um hearing your backstory and how you came up with all this and where you guys are at right now so so what okay. what is cut from rare cloth what does that mean to you okay so the brand is called rare cloth and the slogan is cut from rare cloth and for me it just means to be peculiar unspotted from the world unwanted you know what i'm saying yeah, it's, it's subjective but on a broader sense, we all one of one. Yeah. We are all cut from rare cloth. They'll never make another John. That's right. They'll never make another one of you. That's right. They might have people with that name, John. Right. But they're only, but God only created one of you. That's so true. So what man. are you going to do on your journey and your purpose to set yourself apart? Right. What are you going to do to be rare? Yeah. And for me, just being rare is to be different. You know, I come from a, a rough background in Flint, Michigan. I was born in 1984. Uh, my mother's name is uh, Bethel Lyman. She, you know, I was raised in the 80s, the crack era. Wow. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. you know, my mom dealt with uh, drug addiction, and and I end up being raised by my uncle, which is, um, he, he might get offended. That's how close, you know what I'm saying? He's like yeah. my father. So my, yeah. mo my mother's brother uh, raised me. My other siblings went to uh, foster care. Well, we all went to foster care in oh, the wow. 80s, you know what I'm saying? Wow. And um, we ended up. My other siblings, my brother and sister, they ended up going with, with their side of the family. And um, I ended up going with my uncle. Okay. And um, my mom ended up getting clean, and she ended up getting them back, but I ended up staying with my uncle. Mm. And he okay. raised me. So my cousins became my brothers and sisters. Yeah. Did you, were you my able uncle to choose, my, like, who you were going to go with at the time? Or, like, like, did you choose to go with your uncle? No, I was young. Okay. But I already had a, a attachment because... My uncle would come get me, yeah. and I would be around my cousins, and they right. got it, and they were older than me, so right. they I kind of attached to them, okay. and I and I feel like God made everything happen for a reason. And uh, like I said, my mom been clean over twenty some years now, and we wow, got a, shout out to mom, we got a good relationship, yeah. and um, that's so good. But it was kind of rocky because I kind of uh, my other because my mom had two two boys mm. before she had my uh, my brother Samuel. 
Okay. So she had them two kids, and they went with their gotcha. uh, with their grandparents and father. Okay. Then she had my brother Sam. And then she had me, which we supposed to have the same father, but that's a whole nother issue. Uh, that's a yeah. whole nother thing. But you know what I'm saying? I don't get too deep in it. Yeah. And um, but yeah, I got a brother that's older than me. Then I got a sister that's mm. younger than me. Okay. So it was us at that time, at that point in time. Gotcha. And that's when, you know, my, my sister was born with uh she my mom had an open case with okay. the state. And uh when my sister was born with uh crack cocaine in her system, that's when we got took. Oh wow! So wow! So yeah! So my mom, my 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 two siblings yeah. that was with me, they ended up going with our supposed to be father. Yeah. Well, their father, but I don't believe is my father. Right. But it, you know. <laughs> well, at least you know your true father. I, yeah, yeah. Right? But I know who my true father is. You know, yeah, I reached out to the guy that's supposed to be my father, but yeah. it just. But you know, looks can be deceiving oh, yeah. because I kind of felt like you know mm -hmm. they're darker than me, and right. I look a certain kind of way. Until, but until like, like I said, blood tests come. Yeah, you know, I hit him up, and I was like, I was trying to call him and ask him. You know, like, do we really think he's my uh, yeah. father? But um, I didn't get an answer. But mm. I just felt like that was God's when we, like, let yeah. that stay in the past. How did, how did that know? affect you growing up? Like, knowing, like, okay, like, you have sisters, you got sister and brother, and, like, you don't really know your dad, right? And you didn't really have... Because he went to prison. Right. He went and, to prison. And your mom was dealing with that stuff. Like, what was it like growing up, like, you know, knowing these things? and Like, what was your childhood like? It was like I would go visit my mom, and but I lived with my dad, which you know my uncle. Yeah, your uncle. And um, it was just different because my brother, as we got older, he would kind of set odds against me a little bit. You know how mm, kids yeah. are. Well, you go over there, you Play got favorite. it better. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because my uncle would take us, you know, to um like amusement parks, and right. you know I had a good upbringing. You yeah. know, and all my cousins. Okay. So they, your uncle, like, he, like, yeah. brought you up? Like, yeah, the, he the brought marriage. me up okay. well, you know, uh, regarding just of having and doing stuff as, as, as sure. a youngster. Yeah. But as I started getting older, I started to reconnect more with my uh, my other siblings. Yeah. When I got, like, the two other siblings, my brother Stefan and Jody, I never really, I connected with my brother Stefan, but my other brother Jody, I don't. I didn't don't feel like we really connected like that because yeah. we wasn't raised in the household. Sure, yeah. And I know one of my brothers, he in prison now, he kind of resented my mother for that. Mm. Like, you know what I'm saying? Right. And like I kind of had these feelings too when I was young. But as I got older and became a man, and yeah. this before I even knew Christ, yeah. I was almost able to put a lot of that stuff behind me. Wow. I'm the type of person, I've always been like this. I never hold, hold grudges, you know? Yeah. And it's yeah. just like... And a lot of people, the way that... I remember this one quote. It's like, it's not about what happens to you. It's about 10% what happens to you. 90% is what you do. Like the choices that you make is 90% of the things that happen to you. So it's like, no matter what hand like you're dealt, whatever yeah. cards you're dealt, it's about how you respond and in response to that. Are you choosing to like be angry for like a little bit and then be like, you know what? I can't do nothing about it no more. Like I'm gonna put it behind me and I'm gonna look forward or you could be that person that's like, so someone owes me something. I'm gonna be a victim my whole entire life, and then you start ended up you start making you decisions. To that person, you start making your decisions based off of someone owing you something, yeah. and that you may never get back. You know, or you you're you're looking for something that's that's not really there, and then now you're making your decisions. Like let's say you do something unlawful, and then you can't be like, well, my mom did this yeah. to me. So I get to do, that doesn't yeah, give you permission. Yeah. And then you end up in places that you didn't really, you wake up ending up in places you never really wanted to be, you know. And At the end of the day, no matter what we go through, we just got to forgive. You gotta know what forgive. I'm saying? And yeah. early on, I learned this early on. Yeah. Like, I'm a man. Yeah. But even when I was young, I was like, we all make mistakes. My mom, she was, like, like I said, she was right. brought up in the 80s, the crack era. Yeah. And she went through all this, and I'm just thank God that she's here today and yeah. she's clean. And we got a good relationship. And um, and so she tell me all the been, time, she was like, out of all the siblings, she was like, you never gave me no problems. You know wow. what I'm saying? You never really gave what me no problems. Where do you think that comes you know? from? Like, for you, obviously all your siblings turned out a different way. But for you, it, it was different. Like, the way you saw life, the way you, I mean, obviously you're, you were in the same boat, you know? Yeah. But you chose a different direction. Where did that come from? And shout out to my, like I said, my brother Michael. 
Michael George is it's love, and he got his own barbershop out in Flint, Michigan. So he is oh, doing his thing, that's what's up. and yeah. he even came out here and we um, got together. But like, just to be honest, I he, I just didn't never really feel a connection with all my siblings like mm. that. I love them, right? But you know what I'm saying. But it's just I never really felt that that right, connection. Right, right. So let's talk about that. That being your child upbringing, what got you into like music and and hip hop okay. and and rap and all that stuff because from what I heard you could rap about anything groceries you could rap <laughs> about like what what led you to that that lifestyle but got me into music okay so we had a chapter before the music okay so I'm raised with my uncle which yeah. has become my father now Jonathan Lyman and my siblings and my siblings they another generation ahead of me so they was into you know hustling right. You know what I'm saying? So I'm introduced to all this lavish lifestyle, like, you know, having new shoes and having, you the know, latest. that stuff, type of stuff yeah. uh, in my upbringing. Yeah. And I was just raised around a lot of hustlers, you know what I'm saying? And, okay. um, but basically, so I started selling drugs mm. around, I say 16, 17 in high school wow. because I wanted more. I wanted to, I wanted to fit in. You know what yeah. I'm saying? I wanted the uniform as Wallow Two Six Seven say. <laughs> Shot him out. He, you know what I'm saying? So right, right, I wanted right. the uniform. I wanted yeah. the jewelry. I wanted to to have a car going to school. I didn't want to get right. on a yellow bus. Right. I wanted to be accepted. Mm -hmm. and, and and for and the look, young people, you want to be looked at as you know that that person that got it all together. Yeah, and for the young people out there, and this is some stuff you have to live through, but validation from people that don't even care about you don't even matter seeking that validation well i, I was seeking that validation yeah you know what i'm saying wow. i wanted to fit in i wanted to be the cool kid wow. and i could never really accomplish that you wow. know what i'm saying i did a little bit through you know what i'm saying i had i got family that's in the music yeah you know like i'm related to later on i will find out i'm related to frankie lyman 50 singer wow, from the right. group the teenagers say, like, hey, you got a very familiar last name there you know. So, but before I was even a, even knew about that, I got some uh, local people, local family men. Well, they kind of underground, yeah. And they kind of had the city as far as hip hop in the nineties. Uh, yeah. The Dayton family, and uh, MC Breed, yeah, out of okay. Flint. So I was raised up around seeing all this, like like, and and like just to remind people, I'm putting people back in my mindset back growing up. So right. this isn't, isn't my thought process now, just to be clear, because, you know, yeah. I know some yeah, yeah. people going to come for me. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I know, I know. But, but just to put my mindset back then, all my idols and people I looked up to was right here. Yeah. I, I could go see my favorite rapper. You know right, what I'm saying? Right. You know what I'm saying? So I could go see people doing shows. So all right. this stuff, it, it was going into me. Mm -hmm. But really what got me into music was the lifestyle I was living from gotcha. selling drugs. That, so the, the you know music, the lifestyle was a byproduct of what that was representing. Yeah. Okay. And that's what drew you so, so like, you know, if that's what I got to do to get that, then that's what I'm going to do. Right. You're like rapping, like, you know, you're all the stuff that you were doing. So how did you know? Like, did you just like want to pursue rap and be, and just out the gates be like, I'm good at this. Or you just wanted to like, was it a skill that you already had or did you need to develop it in order to get X, Y, and Z, like the lifestyle? Yeah, you know how you hear a lot of people, they say, I was rapping when I was five, yeah. when I was dancing. It wasn't like that for me. My brother, Samuel, he was uh, pursuing music because he looked up to the breeds and the dating families as well. Okay. You know what I'm saying? So he was always into music. But me, I was into hustling. I was into making money. Right. But my life experiences when I started going through stuff, that's when and I and, and and then you know this could be for any any culture you know sometimes you don't talk to people right you don't want to uh, expose that stuff you don't want to talk to people like I was dealing with relationships and drugs right. yeah. and all that type of stuff and music was an outlet so it was therapeutic for me to okay you know to put yeah. my life in music because I wasn't talking to people mm -hmm. i didn't have you but know counselors he, like i got in the church today mentors right. and and people i can express this type of stuff right so music became my outlet you know what i'm saying for so me to did you feel like writing music and rapping about it was kind of like more accepted if it was uh you doing it as an artist like did you feel like because you didn't feel like if i talked to someone one-on-one -on -one about like my issues and, and problems and that like i don't want to do that yeah like it was more like if i rap about it more people would accept me and like that 
mentality more wrapped in in some tracks. Yeah, it's like the therapist was the mic. There and once and once I got it recorded and once I put it out, it was like it was like healing in a way, in a weird way. Yeah. Just to release it. And yeah. even doing this and just talking about this stuff is, is therapeutic. Because yeah. a lot of questions I had, and I talked to my mother and she told me certain things, but it's stuff when we growing up that we don't really pay attention to. When as you yeah. get older, you got questions. Yeah. So the music came by inspiration of me living the lifestyle I was living and then trying to change. Right. But the ways of a man seem right as the right. scriptures say, but yeah. end in death. Yeah. So I'm thinking like, okay, I'm getting away from the drugs because like I say, I got people in my family that's addicted to drugs. Right. People in the community. I know guys that'll sell crack to their own mama. Wow. And their mentality is, she, she they gonna get it, she gonna get it from the guy up the street. Mm -hmm. So she might as well get it from me. Wow. And me, I got a heart. Yeah. I've always been like this. I always okay. had a heart I'm like. I was gonna say like, was that like a, a, a natural thing for you to have like, to care about people like you know obviously like out of all your siblings your mom was like you're the only person that's different like you're you're the one that's different from any of my kids you know like you actually stayed stuck around you actually cared about me was that always a thing with you or well, like what, said, when um, was like she said you gave me the less problems <laughs> you gave me the less problems right but like was that always like where did that come from were you always like that as a kid or like did that did you just see mm. things and be like I don't want to be like that. I don't want to be like my, my brother or sister. I don't want to be like my friend down the street who's sell, selling crack to his mom. Like, w was that like a natural instinct for you? Some stuff ain't on you, is in you. Okay. And even though, like, because I've done a lot of bad things and, and wrong things, you know, and um, and I ain't going to get up here and be like, I'm the biggest criminal. I was a drug lord and all yeah, that. Yeah. But I did do a lot of stuff that I'm not proud of. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But... Like, going back to what I was saying about the heart, the mind, the conscience. This stuff was killing my conscience. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Okay. I had people that was real close to me that died from complications of, of, of drugs. You know wow. what I'm saying? And what was it for me was, it was a lady in a building where I was uh, selling drugs at. Mm. She ended up passing away. Oh, wow. And um, I was just like, I'm done. You know, so by this time, I started paying for studio time. Mm. And... um. I started recording my music, and I was telling my brother, I said, once I, well, I, in my mind, and telling my brother, once this CD get done, you know what I'm saying, I'm done with the wow. grain. I'm done selling crack. I'm going to take the same mentality and put it in the music. Apply it to music. So okay. what we did was we started uh, recording songs, and I worked with an uh, engineer called Steve Pitts. He's, like, famous in Flint Forest. Like, he recorded groups like MC, uh, people like MC Breed, okay. groups like the Dayton Family and Top Authority. So I met him one day, and I was just like, you know, can I, can I, can I link up with you? And his studio was right in the, in the neighborhood, so I ended up going over there. And I remember talking to my cousin the, the first, right before the first time I went, he said, just, um, he said, do more reading, just read. You know yeah. what I'm saying? We get you a the source. You know what I'm saying? At this time, the internet wasn't huge. Right. You know, we had what I'm to actually like open some books up. Yeah. Back in the day, I mean, so I can't. No, even no one will know that experience nowadays. <laughs> like they just go on their smartphone that makes you a dum dum. Yeah. So I and came in the game right before, or right around the time Soldier Boy dropped. Okay. Uh, cranked that, and the yeah. whole game changed. Mm -hmm. But I'm still at the era where you know I recorded my first uh, mixtape. Yeah. Me and my brother, he yeah. put in two. And uh, it was called New Era Flow. Okay. It was a group project with me and him. Okay. So we press it up, and um, we start. I started selling it. And the thing was, I didn't. The people got to validate whatever I do. You know, even yeah. going back to the fashion. Yeah, yeah. So my first time performing, <laughs> it was crazy because it was it was these guys called the Fifty Nine Fifty Boys, and they had money. They had the look. You know what I'm right, saying? Yeah, and yeah. I just had the, the music at the time. Yeah, yeah. And we was in a um, club, and they throwing money everywhere. And they went on before. I'm like, dang, I got to go on before them. <laughs> I mean, after them. Yeah, yeah. So afterwards, we went on. We did the song, whatever, me and my brother. And, and they came off soon. Like, y'all, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. And, I, and that moment, I knew we had some. Okay. So I continued to record. We got a, the CD done. But when it came to distribution... You know what I'm saying? I would get like 100 or 200 CDs. And I'd tell my brother, come on, let's do the same. And he wasn't on that mindset gotcha. of let's make this into a business. Right. He wanted to see me. Let me get a stack of your CDs. And I would give them to, me, to him. But after a while, I just felt like 
he wasn't as passionate. Gotcha. You know, yeah. as, for the music as yeah. I was, far as the business side. Right. So and, you can't have that without the business side. Yeah. You can't succeed with really anything. And I don't really know business at this time, but I knew enough just from what I was doing in the streets. So I gotta. Mm-hmm. I'm spending this much. Yeah. I gotta get this much back. I got a bag. Yeah, you yeah. know, I gotta have my package right. Yeah. And at this point in time, I'm dealing with a young lady that was started getting really jealous. You know oh. that I was doing music and stuff like oh, that. Snap. And I was in a real like dark place. Yeah. Uh, with that, where uh, you know, where yeah. her um, it was a biting relationship, and she gotcha. stabbed me up. You know, caught me, what? catch me. You know, she catch me out the store and oh, just she, jump out like a, she like, stabbed you. Yeah, she stabbed me. I got stabbed right here. Oh my gosh! Right here what? and in my back. That's insane. You know what I'm saying. That's so crazy. I got and, and I'm, so I'm going through all this. Yeah. And at this time point in time, I'm I'm doing I'm using drugs. Yeah. So it was like I was in a dark place. Yeah, you know what yeah, I'm saying. Yeah. yeah so the transition came. Well, another phase came after I dealt with all this, and it's just like I like what I'm gonna do in my life. You know, wow. what I'm, saying? I'm, I'm real so in the, depressed. The, yeah, you know the what I'm most saying? like bottomless part of your life, you started asking yourself, "What are you gonna do with it? Like, where where is this all headed?" Mm-hmm. Right. A lot of people, unfortunately, find their the light in the, like in their darkest moment. Yeah. Like you know, for me, when I came to to Christ, it was at 18 when I lost. I, I was in a relationship. I ended like it ended. I was at, in film school and I didn't even want to, I didn't even know if I wanted to continue. So like, I, I just had like identity problems. Like mm-hmm. everything in my life was coming to like a close and I'm like, is this it? Is this, mm-hmm. is this all? So it seems like when you were at that place, like what was the turning point? Like, how did you know that you needed to, like there's more in life? Like what was the point where you were in the darkest place where you were like, Man, I need help. Like, what was it like for you? I remember me and the young lady y'all spoke about. She, uh, I remember we were driving, riding, just being high on my mind, me and her. And I remember pulling over to a park, and I was just telling her, I'm like, it gotta be something more than life. Mm-hmm. Fast forward, about well, six, seven years later, I get baptized, I find Christ, and she o- overdosed. Whoa. You know what I'm saying? So she's no longer here. Wow. So just looking at that, and I and, and, and that's why I got to speak out about these certain things because I try my best, you know, to help her. Yeah. Because we, we started using cocaine together. Wow. And I always felt like, always blamed myself. Well, she always blamed me too mm. and said, well, it's your fault. You know what I'm saying? Like, you've done wow. this before. I said, no, I haven't never done this. I've been around in my whole life. Yeah. But I never had tried it. And 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 I kind of feel like... She, she made you feel responsible. Yeah, man. she made me feel like that. And I started feeling like that. Wow. Like, dang, like... Because I was able to shake it. I never got... Yeah. I, like I said in my last interview, I abused drugs, but I, I didn't feel like I was addicted. Right. You but had, at the same time, control. it could have took me out of here because I was mixing stuff. Wow. I was doing cocaine. Yeah. To be up. Yeah. Then take a Zanny bar to come down. Wow. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Then mixing alcohol with all that. So I was uh, in those same right. dangerous positions, but I just right. wasn't addicted where it was like I needed it. It yeah, was more like rely on fun it. and yeah. party. And when, like I said, when I got that car, it was just because I had just went back to Flint and I saw her because we had like been through a lot. Uh, I had a uh, thought I had a son by her and I mm. went to take the blood test because like I said I got a heart right and if this my seed I gotta know yeah. and it was eating me up so I ended up going back to Flint wow and then people were just telling me and she just eventually told me like it's not yours oh okay by this time she had a couple more kids and I tried to reconnect with her and just tell her like you know wow you know kind of bury but that my respect you know for you saying? as a man to, to take on that because a lot of a lot of men don't have the courage a lot of people won't even talk about it. Like sometimes when I be telling people my story, they be laughing. You a sucker or whatever. Right. You know what I'm saying? But I can take it because yeah, I was to a certain extent. Like but you know, I was young. You it's know, what got you to where you are now. Like that was all part of your story. All yeah. of that stuff did happen, and you can't shake the fact that that's where you were living in that that phase of your life. Yeah. So when it comes now, like we're talking about cut from our cloth. So 
where did this seed get planted in you of starting a brand like merchandise and all like you know all the stuff like was that something that you want to do for a long time or was it something that's like you know what i'm a different breed now like i like the moment where you you got baptized and like things started changing and you started seeking you know for for help was it always like oh yeah i'm, I'm gonna create this clothing line and this is what it's called and this is how i'm gonna do it or was it like was it like a moment, like a, a dream or like an inspiration where it, were you inspired? It was just soaking up game like a sponge. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, so basically after that trans- after that stuff happened with me and a young lady, my dad pulled up and I was staying with my sister at the time and uh, he said, we going to Vegas. Wow. So I packed up everything and I, I had CDs and stuff and I came out here to Vegas and I just, you know, I separated myself from the group. Uh, the most slept on. That's what we call. We called ourselves the most slept on because we felt like we had big shoes to fill coming after people gotcha. like um, yeah. MC Breed MC and the Dang Foundry, yeah. and we felt like people didn't take us serious, you right. know, when we was putting our music. So that's why we called ourselves the most slept on. So, right. so I you flipped it. I, I flipped it. I came out here and was just. I was like, obviously, I'm alone. Yeah. So I went from B Dilly because he used to be Sam Dilly and yeah. B Dilly and. Uh, it was the Dilly Boys. It's some group, like some neck slang yeah, yeah. my cousins came up with. And yeah. and people would call us that as a negative, like right. them Dilly Boys, because they felt like we was being like groupies to right. our cousins. Because right. where I'm from, drug dealers and rappers don't really coincide. It was more like, because oh. you don't really see, yeah. you got to make it. Yeah. Because you got this guy with these Benzes and he doing this selling drugs. So mm. they don't really respect rappers like that. No. So we would okay. get teased a little bit, you know, okay. made fun of, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So we've I flipped it. When I came out here, I dropped the B Dilly and became Dilly Boy and I created this whole new image. Okay. You know what I'm saying? I ended up getting a manager. Yeah. I ended up um sickest amongst out here, living out here. I had like three little small deals on the table. Wow. You know, I turned down two of them and then went independent with this uh record label called THC, which stands for the Hustlers Committee. Okay. And um that whole experience, shouts out to uh Dwayne Davison and Kelly Byers, they signed me and it wasn't no uh no money up front, but right. it was just I look I was looking to build a team. Right, right. You know what I'm saying? I came out here and I was trying to go to school and stuff. And my teacher was like, you, you know, you got it. Just just go do so your go music. Do just, you know what I'm saying? Like, you, you don't here? need to be here. Because I would here. come to school with my posters and CDs. And yeah. that, that drive that I'm still trying to find a channel through Christianity, yeah. Yeah. that drive that it always brought people on board. Yeah. So I had signed with THC Records. Yeah. They they put, they put built a studio in the, in the crib. Mm. I'm recording at the studio. I'm staying with them. Staying with them. Yeah. And, um... I released my second mixtape called um, Now or Never okay. on that piff. So I had it on a bigger platform. Yeah. I got a team and not, and we did a uh, release party at the Copa Room. This is the first time I'm really starting to feel like a rapper. Okay. You know, they got me with the look, the limos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All of it. You know, people it. know. It was on I mean? their dime. You it know what I'm saying? Any, like, it was nothing out of your pocket. Nothing out of my pocket. So, I mean, some of it yeah, was. Yeah, mostly. You know, they did everything. Right. I just did. I did what I do. I connect. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, Go, yeah, you know look what I got. Always. That's another thing, even out of uh, being in a label. Yeah. And they had other artists, too. And they would always tell me, like, um, like you you doing it. Like, because I, yeah, I'm the type of person, you got I, the looks. I don't Everything. want nobody to give me something. Mm-hmm. I go get it. Mm-hmm. Always been a grinder. So they liked it that. So they would yeah. put more into me. And then I remember one of the artists kind of got upset, like, but I used to always tell them, like, look, this is what I'm doing. I'm at Magic. I'm at Agenda. You yeah, know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah. I'm moving around just like I do today. So well, so it seemed like you were on the path to, like, a successful career in, in, in music. What what was the turning point? Like, what, what was the part where you're like, I'm done with this. I'm going to start doing this. Man, and just to think about it, it was really difficult for me to get that up. But it was just I sat down with a young man. We had a Bible study. Were you rapping? And it was that simple. Were you rapping and also following Jesus at the same time? Or when, no, when, no. when did that I, happen? I completely stopped. You completely stopped. Like the okay. day I heard, I said, it was a young man. I met, it's crazy because when I met him, he was a rapper. Okay. And my photographer at the time, he he, he knew the guy. And my, my f- photographer made the uh, trans, transition first. Okay. His name was Kristen Baskerville. 
Okay. He woke up. I don't know what he had a mere life Christ. Something. But he just woke up and said, "I, I want to give my life to God. I'm not living right." Wow. You know, he in the, uh, just in that moment, just a, like that, adulterous relationship or um, what they call it, fornication yeah. type relationship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, I don't know what it was exactly, but he just wanted to it change. It was the guilt that was on him. Yeah, you know. Yeah. And he called brother Terrence now, which is they both my brother in laws yeah. now. Yeah, and it's crazy, crazy how deep this go because they married my wife's sisters. Wow. Both of them. Wow. <laughs> so, it's like family. It, you see how God just bring everything together. Yeah, yeah. But where was we at? We are at what the transition was. Like what made oh, you was I rapping? stop rapping yeah. and then, you know. Just hearing the truth and hearing the gospel, man. And, you know, and uh, and I know um, when you study the scriptures, you, you don't, you see how God, he tell us how to do something. He tells us exactly how to do it. Yeah. we, You know what I'm saying? And yeah. just with rapping, it comes a lot of idolatry. It comes a lot of... Um, facade. There's a lot of facade in it, that. It's, it's a lot... It, it's a lot of like... Say the culture. Mm-hmm. Even if I'm rapping about God or whatever, people still going to perceive it as rap. You right. know what I'm saying? Right, the culture of it. Yeah, that what goes with it. Mm-hmm. Even if I'm talking about the most positive thing. Like, because right. I even laid a hand in it. You know, I put out yeah. a little little freestyle or whatever because sure. I got inspired. So I'm living you, the life. Let me ask you this, because you're talking <laughs> about I got to let the rap thing go or whatever. Kanye West. He just dropped, he just dropped a, a Sunday service. He dropped the album, Jesus is King. He's still rapping. Yeah. What's I would like your, to talk. I would like to talk. What's to your? Kanye what's your? West. I want. I want to hear your perspective about. I would like to have a conversation with him. You know what I'm saying? But this is what I can say. Far as the music, because I do listen to the song. I yeah. listen to one of the songs called. Uh, dang, what's the song? He just dropped. Close, close on Sunday. Close on Sunday. Yeah. I, I like that song from a musical standpoint and the message. Yeah. I like it, but. It's hard to uh, try to bring God into rap because he told us to go preach the gospel. Yeah. Not now we're going to change it. I'm going to, the gospel found in 1 Corinthians 15 is the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Christ. Yeah. It's not about me no more. That's not. The yeah. scriptures say, I must uh, decrease, he must increase. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. So, um, and we're going to pop the scriptures up later here. Because <laughs> <laughs> no. that's another thing. I don't limit myself because I can't remember exactly where it's sure, yeah. at, but I could grump on my phone and find it. So, you, it you know seems what I'm saying? Like, yeah, so it seems but, like you had a significant transformation where you're like, yo, I got to I gotta do something. My life isn't the way it's supposed to be. I need to submit to something greater. So, you're like, I'm going to go all in on God. And then... And mind you, I'm at the point where I got sponsors. Yeah. I got uh, all that stuff. So I what got all this stuff. So did you go back I, to I them? I finally got that attention yeah. I seek. Remember I told you? Yeah. Yeah. I seek for this attention, the validation. Like, yeah. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. it was here and I was rapping and I was doing shows and I was sleeping with multiple women. Yeah. And so I was you, like. Did you still feel like something was missing even though you reached your, your goal? Like you reached the, the idea of like. That's what rappers do. Like, I got the money. I, I got didn't this, feel I like got... nothing was missing until I opened that book. Wow. And it made me look in the mirror. You wow. know what I'm saying? Wow. So you felt like you had it all together. Then you cracked open the word. And then it, it, showed, it exposed. It exposed, you know, like I said, the ways of a man seem right. Yeah. Hmm. Which uh, Proverbs tell us, right? The ways of a man seem right, but end in death. So everything I was doing was seeming right. Right. I'm not selling right. drugs no more. Right. I'm not hurting nobody. But what's the language I'm speaking? I'm cussing still. Mm. I'm sleeping with all these women. I'm fornicating. Right. Right. So we always gonna have sin. Ain't no big sin, little sin. Right. And but the difference is now is I still sin because I don't want you know people think Christians think they're some perfect people, but the right. Bible tell us to I mean, be perfect. But the way you be perfect in God and in Christ is maturing in the word. That's right. Maturing. Yeah. I make a, lot a mistake. Of people, a lot of, all right. So like a lot of non-Christians, like let's say a lot of non-Christians watch this. A lot of, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I got, we got a lot of like audience that's not, doesn't believe in, you know, in God and all that stuff. Um, majority do, mm-hmm. but we have some that don't. And, and that's fine because we love you. Like I love you. Mm-hmm. You know, like as human beings, maybe you know? we could spark some in your brain by what we but saying. Like you know? so, like when when you go when you when you talk about that and, and like to to an atheist or non believer, like how do you approach 
how do you approach that? I mean, obviously it says the, the, by the power of the blood and, and the power of your, your testimony, like you're literally just a witness. You're like, this is what I witnessed in my life. But when you cracked open the book and you saw the mirror of your own life, you're like, I'm missing out. Like I'm not doing that. Was it a cold Turkey, like transformation where you're like one day you're doing this and the next day yeah, it was, you're just cold Turkey. Not everything, was it, but it was more like I had to, uh, cause you go, Repentance is a change of mind, resulting in right. a change of action. Because a lot you know of what I'm saying? a lot of so, non-believers will be like, "Oh, all Christians are hypocrites." We are, like, every, we're human beings. Like, you but know, this is the difference. I was a sinner before uh, I became a Christian. I say now that I'm a Christian. That's right. a di- that's a big difference. A sinner is somebody that lives in it. Dilly Boy was living in continuous sin. Adjust this right. lineman. If I sin, oh my bad. You know, I'm a, dear Lord. Thank yeah. You, you know, forgive me. I'm gonna yeah. ask for forgiveness. Is it a pursuit? Because I got access now. Is it a pursuit of righteousness, and a pursuit meaning like we're all human beings, we're gonna fail. But the mentality behind Augustus Lyman now is like I know I'm gonna fail. That's why I need him. That's why I need. That's that's your position. Mm-hmm. That's why I need Jesus. That's why, because I know I'm a fan. Because before you were a sinner that don't need Jesus, because you didn't even know what that, you didn't even know you needed. And people savior. will say, you know, you'll talk to a, a worldly person or something, they'll say, you judging me because I gave you scripture. No, basically you're saying, leave me alone, let me sin in peace. Oh, snap. I'm not judging you. The, the scriptures tell us that the word of God is going to judge you. You know what I'm saying? So I just show people what the word is. Right. And like I said, even this transition, when I first became a Christian, I was just on fire. And not to say that I ain't now, but I'm just learning how to maturity, listen Wisdom. to people more. Yeah, because when you first, I remember when you I first became, uh, when I first found, you know, when I got pulled out of my lifestyle and, and Christ came and saved me. 18 like it wasn't even in a church it was it was in my living room by myself and i just broke down and i felt like that's when i decided to make a change and commit my life and that first year i wanted to tell i I was like telling i was trying to not condemning people but i was very much like you know why are you living like that you got to live like this and very like open and like I felt now looking back, I was like, oh yeah, I was condemning. Like I was pretty harsh on like friends, family. If they, you know, I was trying to get people to know like Jesus and, and come to church and stuff. And then as I matured, and that was what like twelve years ago. Like I'm 32 now. That was a while back. It was over 10 years ago. Now looking back, I'm like the the best thing that I could have done is just be an example. Mm-hmm. And just just be a light. So. Where you're at now, you have a family. You're married now, yeah. right? You got you got a beautiful kid, right? How does that change? What's your mentality now with the wisdom? Because you had said I was very, um, like you you had said that you were very, like outspoken about that, and you were passionate and all this stuff. And you had mentioned that not that you're not that now, but it's different. Yeah, it's more like like I said, I'm a I listen more. I kind of. Uh, just find out what a person believe. Um, ask some questions. You know what I'm saying? Like like the whole thing, like just being around people, just plant seeds. You know what I'm saying? Because you yeah. don't want to uh, run nobody off. But it, and then it's another aspect of it. Aspect of it, you don't want to be too like. Yeah. So like, like it might be just boom. I'm talking. I pull out a card. Hey, check this out. Yeah. Boom. I see you again on the next, you know, time I see you. Uh, you check that out? Uh, what you think? Yeah. Or if we sitting down, you got time, we can open the book. Like, it's yeah. it, it happens so many different ways. So but there has to be a balance. I'm just, just got to be willing. Yeah. Because the end goal, that's why I, I can't get too caught up, even though I got the brand and all the stuff. Yeah. Life is about, it's about balance. Because I got to, the Bible tell us, seek the kingdom first mm. and his righteousness. Yeah. And all things will be added to you. Right. So I got to make sure that's top of the list. Somebody call me right now or we might have to cut this. Right. You know what I'm saying? Uh, exactly. So, it, 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 so let's talk about that. You, you brought up your brand now. Like yeah. what was the inspiration for that? And what was the process of launching that and making that happen? Like obviously you're married, you got a kid. 
and uh and you also have you know you yeah. you have a career but were you like yo i'm gonna do this or were you like you and your wife came together like yo let's do this like what was the inspiration behind rare cloth obviously the transformation and being cut from rare cloth like mm-hmm. 101 that kind of resonates i'm sure that resonates a lot with our our divine hustle audience the tribe here at divine hustle because mm-hmm. you know every person matters every story matters and there's not one person mm-hmm. in the world that is you you have your mm-hmm. own story you are you mm-hmm. have your own journey you got the only things that happen in your life ha- only happen to you and no one else man so what was the inspiration in starting something like rare cloth man i think you said it you said it good but yeah <laughs> um everything we do is a stench in itself yeah fashion is a big part of how i express myself creatively yeah it's Obviously, my mood swagged out it's my uh passing yeah it's my personality it's my ambition yeah you know what i'm saying and like i said um and it's more so about the message yeah you know what i'm saying because like i don't I'm not really the person I was as far as like, oh, I got to have the latest fashion and all this stuff. Sure. I just like comfortable stuff. Yeah. And then, but it's just people always, oh, they like it. They like it. But it's more so, it's more comfortable. Yeah. So I just wanted something comfortable with a positive message. Right. And um, and like I said, everything I got to, I do can't go, they got to line up with scripture or it can't go against scripture. Right. It can't, you know what I'm saying? So yeah. when I came with the cup from Red Cloth, like you said, we all one to one. We all are cut from red cloth. So it's not, because some people, uh, one brother was asking me, he's like, ain't that kind of boastful? But once I broke it down to him and showed him, it's subjective. Yeah, because a lot so of people. So rare, if you look up the word rare right now, yeah. it's going to tell you it's unwanted. So it's, And I kind of feel like that sometimes. Yeah. Unwanted. I'm Christians, I'm going to be persecuted. Rare. Even I told a guy one time, he said, cut from red cloth, that's us a Christian. And I didn't even have to tell him. Yeah. And by him saying that, he was the first person who told me that. I was like, wow, he got the undertone meaning. It yeah. resonated. So, like, like going back to what we said, what we was talking about, just branding and just, like I said, I, I came up, like, when I came out here to Magic and I started getting sponsors and started going to uh, Agenda and all these fashion weeks, yeah. and I started learning the game. Yeah. And I started talking to people, and I was just like, well, I go wear a Puma, Nike, all this stuff. Mm. I'm a walking billboard. For a brand that's not even giving me no money. And I'm paying a high price to go get it. Why don't I cut the cost and just create my own brand? There you go. Now when I wear something, I got, somebody asked me where I got it from. I, I got it. It's on my website. <laughs> I love the, that. It's in the truck of my car. I love that. You know yeah. yeah, I love that because you're like, you woke up to the idea of like, how am I a billboard for these other brands that all is making all this money, but we're created and designed to create and to rep you know, the things that guys put inside of us. Then you flipped it. You were like, I'm going to create my own stuff and rock my own stuff. Yeah. And like, yo, if people want to join me in that, there's my website. You know? That's how I did it with the music. The music was for me. Yeah. It was an event to get out, you know, yeah. these feelings. Then yeah. people resonated with it. I love that. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. it's the same thing with the brand. So what's the future of Rare Cloth? What does that look like to you? And shout out to my wife, Amber Lyman, because she, um, cause like I said, we got to talk about the pits too, the hard parts. Yeah. So it was a point in time where I was kind of like, is this taking too much of my time? Like, you know, you get in debt, you know, a little yeah. bit, and you be like, eh, is it really worth it? And I kind of backing off. And I'm the type of person, that's one of my flaws. Sometimes I just wake, I just can cut it off. Just yeah. how I cut it on. Yeah. She's like, no, you came too far. And she took over the social media. She, she doing more of that type of stuff. And I'm just, you know, I'm kind of like, it's ours together but it's kind of like i say it's hers now because we are one we yeah, are one so that's beautiful yeah. and just her um coming along and just helped out a lot and what i want to speak about too for the people that might be trying to get into clothing and apparel and apparel you know you got to turn your l's <laughs> if you look at an l as a loss then you already lost Wow. You got to look at an L as a lesson. Wow. An L is not a loss. It's a lesson. I think they need to hear that one more time, bro. L is not a loss. It's a lesson. It's a lesson. Take the L. Take the lesson. Yeah, take the lesson. So I went through different entrepreneurial... I did some entrepreneurial stuff, too, at my job. Like I worked for a cab company Mm -hmm. as like a regular nine to five. You know what I'm saying? So I saw a need. I saw drivers would have money and they would come in. 
And um, they would like, you know, whatever I had on or whatever. And they'd be like, you know, I like that, whatever. So it just started off like that. And um, I noticed they had a logo. Yeah. And they had their logo on collar shirts. And then they had a logo on like a crunchy, hard button <laughs> up. I'm like, so I told the owner's son, you know, I was like, man, I need to get some, you know, get some hoodies, get some dad hats. Yeah. And he was like, you know what? That's a good idea. So I kind of just let that linger. Right. So after a while, I was like, let me let me try to do something. So I went to him and I was like, "Can I use y'all logo? Test y'all logo out on some dad hats." This the dad hats came in; they're real popular. Yeah, I was yeah. like, you know, can I can I can I test it out? How much you gonna charge me? I mean, what percentage I gotta get y'all? Yeah, and he was like, "No, just do it." I just want to see all the drivers wearing it. Dang. So instantly, I went and so spent, that was like your first. I went, yeah, I went and spent about four five hundred. Wow, on, on hats with the logo on it, orange, wow. yellow, yeah, 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 all different yeah. colors, and then so I started selling them. And like I said, um, it wasn't a great idea because now the guys, like, they look at it like, I work here, it should be free because they give out the search free. But I was telling them, like, this is something I put out my out of my pocket, like, as yeah. an exclusive merch. Right, right. And then they started they chose, receiving they to it more. But like I said, from that situation, I just learned, like, okay, let me not limit myself just to these guys because these are the only people that's going to buy it. Yeah. So I learned something. So wow. the next move was to, okay, let me create my create my own brand. That way I can sell it here, yeah. I can sell it there, I can sell it everywhere. Turn that L to a lesson. Yeah. So turn that L to a lesson. I love that. If there's anything that comes out of this podcast mm -hmm. that you're listening to right now, turn that L into a lesson. I love that, bro. And I took that the lesson was create your own. Create your own. Don't don't be um right. stuck in one box. That's so good. So once I did that, then I everything started happening you know wow. started happening a little better wow. for me. You so know the future saying? is obviously you're coming out with more merch you know doing online takeover right yeah so is, how often you guys come out with like new design like new merch new is that still working in progress or is i try to do it like every week to every two weeks oh wow yeah so whoa and then a lot of stuff might not even come back like certain color waves because i wanted so to limited, be rare limited want, edition. you know what i'm saying you wanted to be a rare yeah a, so if <laughs> you know what i'm saying yeah. i might just have to get you a gold and black and <laughs> right. nobody else have it you no know what i'm saying yeah yeah damn. i like to do stuff like that too so that's and, fire and, and some of my customers like i got people that have been rocking with me since day one, like, I might, you know, drop them a fanny pack or something. Wow. Something that ain't even yeah, out yet. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's awesome because now you're in control. Like, you get to create whatever you want to create. And you got a brand that could, could elevate and represent all the creativity that you want to come up with. You know, and you got, you got like, a wife that's helping you, like, do that. And as your message is spreading, your brand's spreading. Nobody going mean? to help you. No one's going to do until it. Until you start. Right. You can talk about it all day, but once you start moving, mm -hmm. and then you're going to share people with you, like you said, we can't be, you can't be upset. That's another thing I want to uh, put out there. Because I learned a lot, like, I, I felt like it was people that was, you know, part of my team that, you know, I felt like we could have handled things better. Mm -hmm. And I felt like, you know, you're going to feel like that. You're going to feel like, oh, maybe my cousin or so-and-so should have posted me. Yeah. Or maybe my sister, you right. know, my sister-in-law, that um, she's beautiful. Why don't she take a picture in it? Right. But, like, you got to understand, everybody, everything ain't for everybody. Right. You know So how saying? do you deal with that? Like, not take offense, like, personally. If, if like, you have a brand and you your expectation is, like, I got friends and family that... that I ought to be sharing my stuff because yeah. yeah, I'm excited about it. Yeah. How do you take that, not, like, how do you not take that personally and move on and be like, you know what? Like, that's okay. Don't I'm going to keep on none. going. Uh -huh. I, don't, I don't expect none. I don't expect Zero it. expectations. Like, I give it to my, um, like, my sister-in-law's day. You know, I gave it to him when I said, um, like I said, one of, someone will support, but someone won't. And I don't have the expectation. I'm giving it to you because I want to give it to you. Right. I'm not giving right. it to you because... I'm expecting something. Now, mm -hmm. don't get me wrong. I do got certain, some people, like, I meet on the internet, and I'm giving yeah. it to them with that expectation. Sure. Yeah. So, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. but people come around. Like, like I said, once you start working, but I think people like this, I start coming around. If you you're know? creating a brand that has massive value, and you give it to people and not have expectation, if you have a brand and you built that brand up, mm -hmm. where it's like, oh, people want to yeah. rep it like there's people in my life that i was like yo like 
would love for them to post this, would love for them, but they don't do it. Mm-hmm. But there's someone on the other side that's like, I can't wait to rep your stuff. Yeah, I yeah. Can't. They're like a super fan. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, but like, don't get tripped up is what you're saying. Don't get caught up in in the expectation of of your friends and family if you're creating something but speak to the person that wants to rep your stuff yeah like people that want to connect with you that's the people that you need around you is that that's the people i got like right now i got a small amount of people that's yeah you know that believes in what you're doing supports what you're doing loves the vision I got people soon. Shout out every time. Every time I talk to Kelly Bennett, she's (laughs) like she's like your biggest super fan, bro. Kelly Kelly Bennett, like we go back, and uh, when I first met her, like I was on the rise, uh, and uh, and really I really wasn't nobody, but for her to take out that time, even from cleaning out your fridge, yeah, (laughs) and like I said, I value out of that more. Then even being a PR is just the nutritionist type yeah. stuff she was helping. Because I was like, cared. I can't be my full 100% if I got this right. gas in my this acid in my stomach and I'm right, in pain. Right. Right. And she kind of helped me out with that. And um, yeah, so I, I massive really shout out, Kelly. Her. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> you know, awesome, bro. Well, I'm we're about to wrap this podcast up. But man, where can we find you? Where can we follow you? Like, where can we purchase merch? And you know, we're going to be wrapping that here at Divine Hustle for sure. So, where, where can everybody find you, bro? On Instagram, Rare Cloth Apparel. And the uh, website is www.rareclothapparel.com. Oh. And yeah, you can hit me up on Instagram, send me a DM. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, we'll make and it Just happen. check me out. We got some, uh, we getting ready for the spring. So I'm about to get back, the, get the short sleeves back, some uh, yeah. crazy color waves. That's what's up. Maybe mess around with the, uh, we got some teams in town. So, yeah. you know, we got to play with those that, colors. That. You know what I'm saying? That's right. So, yeah. Awesome, bro. Well, thanks so much for showing up and being thanks in the podcast, me, bro. bro. Definitely, I appreciate uh, it, man. Find every uh, link in the description on this podcast or in the link below. We're going to link them up, put them on, you know, all the descriptions so you can connect with my dude, Gus. And thank you so much, Divine Hustle Tribe. You are amazing. Thank you so much for being on this journey and listening to all these episodes. I hope you got something incredible out of this conversation and behind the brand. We absolutely thank you for for coming and sharing your wisdom, sharing your story, sharing all the stuff that God's doing in your life, you know, because we are pursuing God-given greatness in our faith, relationships, business, and creativity here at the Divine Hustle. And and thank you again if you this is your first time tuning into divine hustle man if you love what you hear please subscribe to the channel please uh go ahead and like this video or share this video um here on itunes you can go to divinehustle.com if you want to continue following what we're doing and who we're having on the show and um we have a ton of resources on our page we got some stuff to help you with your social media to help you with your church branding all kinds of stuff on our page at divinehustle.com if you want to follow us we're on instagram and YouTube and um, and just go to Divine Hustle at Divine Hustle that's D-I-V-I-N-E Hustle and if you want to follow me your host John Mediana I'm on Instagram Twitter LinkedIn YouTube wherever you want to find me I'm all over the place at John Mediana and thank you so much for tuning in and God bless we'll see you in the next episode peace salute <laughs>